0: It's time to take the quiz. 5 questions, 5 minutes a day, 5 days a week.
1: Take the quiz every weekday at the quiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did.
2: Play, share, and of course listen to the quiz at the quiz.fox.
3: From high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City, always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone.
4: It's Brian Kilmeade. As the guy with the deep voice just said, I come to you not from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan from the 15th floor, but I come to you from Nashville, Tennessee, the home of the Grand Old Opry House. It's been around for 95 years, a few locations, but it's going to be all about the Patriot Awards tonight. It's going to be fantastic. Time to recognize those unsung heroes. Uh, dude making a difference every day in America, hosted by Pete Hegseth. Uh, he wins every audition. They open it up. It's a cattle call situation. He always seems to win. Some say it's the cheekbones. Others say it's his body. Others say it's his poise on stage. Uh, those are all the way to, that's the way Tyrus describes Speed Hexeth. And both of them are here shoulder to shoulder today. Bottom of the hour, Scott Mann. And before we get to these two wonderful Americans, let's get to the big three.
3: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
2: Number three.
5: This is a place where I do a little bedwetting. Um, when I'm sitting up at night, this is the thing I worry about. If Joe Manchin decides he wants to run on a third party ticket, that could elect Donald Trump. And we need to be very clear about some of these third party candidacies
4: but does he even need Joe Manchin to win that is Jim Messina from the Trump years 2024 attention democrats more polls are in and your worst nightmare is coming to fruition trump is stronger and the 81 year old incumbent would be knocked out by virtually anyone remaining in the gop field
6: number 2 there is a an ak47 there are cartridges am, ammo uh, there are grenades in here of course uniform and all of that this was hidden very conveniently, secretly behind the MRI machine.
4: Nice in the hospitals, just like the IDF said. Now they've gotten proof. Israel at war. Hostage deal seems imminent. Gaza city penetration goes deeper, and as promised, Hamas evil practices using innocents as shields, hospitals as weapon depots, and tunnels as headquarters is revealed.
7: Number one.
8: As you know, I just concluded several hours of meetings with President Xi. And I believe there are some of the most constructive and productive discussions we've had. We've made some important progress, I believe.
4: Let's see. Uh, we'll find out. We're certainly pulling for them. Superpower Thaw, perhaps. China comes to the city by the bay and shows a willingness to talk, a stubbornness on Taiwan, all while never taking blame for the spy balloon or the global pandemic that killed millions. We review the APEX Summit. Now, it really hurts that... Uh, Tyrus, you could not be covering the Apex Summit. We could be tossing to you from you know, special you, report. That was a slight. <laughs> right. was
9: second slight by him today. Really, there, th- there won't be three. Right, there won't be three. <laughs> I think you could
4: bend that a little bit closer if you choose, Tyrus. Oh, I, okay. say, I would say I would bend are. that a yeah, little just, closer to your face. It's nice
9: because last time I saw headsets like this, I was watching like old wrestling from the seventies. Really right, cool. <laughs> they're big
4: headsets with a mic. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. this is what the size of the headsets I had calling UFC. Yeah, have you ever seen some of that video? Yes, yeah, they were yeah, enormous. Uh,
9: black and white TV. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> no, was good.
4: Uh, so, so uh, Tyrus, first off. The, are you, I'm not sure that you're going to be doing this on the five. Yeah, I think you'll probably do this on the five tonight. You're going to be doing the five. Yep. So far, was there any pressure on Biden? They lowered the bar so much. If he just didn't fall, he would look at a success, right?
9: Uh, No, this was, here's the thing. One thing we've learned with this administration, they're braggadocious. Whenever they have the slightest victory, um, we hear about it in, in grandiose style. What he basically stumbled through saying was basically, China just basically came to check on their properties and their investments. That's really what they <laughs> To did. meet some business because leaders. Basically he just came home to see what's going on, how's my money, what, what's my stock looking like, uh, and nothing productive was done because he would have said something. What he basically said was what they usually do. Uh, it was, oh, some constructive things and this, that was good. Basically, China laid the law down. We how like we have been doing in every aspect of everything. It's also the same thing with the polls. Uh, you have to make a choice, Mr. President. You can't not you can't say I support Israel and not show up to the one of the biggest uh, rallies rallies in, that we've seen in this country probably since the Million Man March um, and not show up since you had other places to be and then at the same time say we're worried about Islamophobia uh, when. No one is doing that. So, I mean, it's just they need to pick a side. And that's why I think we've seen the faltering falls. But China just came to check on their investments, and their investments are doing fine.
4: Curbing fentanyl production, Pete, and military-to-military communications, Uh, and both the Chinese uh, and the U.S. promised to crack down on carbon and work on renewables. That'll go well. As well, they said, we're not touching coal. We're going to continue uh, burning coal. And they're going to start having a communications in case something happens, goes wrong. Your thoughts?
0: My thoughts are uh, we're fools. We're fools. We look like fools. Yep. We do. I we mean, look weak. Absolutely weak, and we look like fools. We show up with, with uh, John Kerry, our climate czar, and that's priority number one. Beijing doesn't give a rip about that. They don't give a rip. So they will give fake concessions on this climate while they laugh at us. They, do. They, they 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 probably giggle when they go back to their after the main session. See, so the Americans want fake promises based on the weather, and they're not pressing us on every but other aspect that actually matters on China's ascendance and our dependence on them. What's kill, killing me is they're vulnerable. Their economy is not doing well. They're in the middle of deflation. People 18 to, th-
4: to 28 can't get jobs. They are now sanctioning schools if their kids don't get employed. They're ripping out any private, uh, any private incentive to their economy that may have existed. Ty-
0: Tyrus knows this. If you've got a vulnerable opponent on the mat.
4: Finish them.
9: You, yeah. Or you continue to drag them out, and that's what they're doing. Did you see the, the, the carpet we laid out for them? Like San Francisco, were we selling San Francisco to China? Is it fix it up or They'll clean up the house? Power and,
6: washing, baby. I mean, they
9: literally there was red flags everywhere. Did we not forget this is where the pandemic came from? This is where ninety percent of the problems we're having in the free world right now are coming from. And that's this is the hey guys, we're your friends. Where it should have been office, right? Can Meet me to, in the office. we got some stuff yeah, to discuss. You come to me. Yeah. The
4: thing is, too, I do think everybody on the Republican side, Trump up by 40 points, is going to be tougher on China, and they know it. And I asked Mike Pillsbury yesterday, I said, doesn't, doesn't China do something to make him look good with the re-election coming? He goes, communists don't think like that.
9: They're, they're going for but the they did. And they got to go for the I, I hate to disagree with you because I rarely do. But they did because they gave him concessions on the only thing they care about, the climate. Right. We're well, that, do this. I don't think we're that do helps this. him in the general. He, he thinks it. They think it does. Because here's the thing about the Democrats. They outnumber us, I think, three to one, basically, when you look at voting all around. And so their issues are what? free Safe spaces, first world problems, and the climate. All the other stuff that that we're concerned about, crime, education, good jobs, inflation, eh, they don't spend that much time on it. But here's
4: the thing. They rigged the, they rigged the green game. They have the rare earth. They make the solar panels. So if they do, the world starts going, hey, I'm going green. China goes, great. You're going to be more
0: in debt to me. I'll sell you everything. I'm hoarding the rare earth to make batteries. And uh, that they are doing. And they've also, on uh, Tyrus's theme of investments, they've already invested in what they think is their next investment, which is Gavin Newsom. Yeah. They already oh, yeah. have – uh, that the future Democrat candidate in their mind picked out in their pocket. He toured. He he got the meeting. He brought him to California. He cleaned it up for him. He thinks they're great. We're not in a cold war. Nothing to see here. It's called elite capture, and it's a real thing. And that Chinese believe that they've got another Democrat in their pocket. Right. I want they you. To, I want yeah. you to hear what Mike Pillsbury said yesterday. He'll probably if Trump wins, he's going back because he
4: evidently helped outline the China strategy for Trump. Cut seventeen.
5: It's a warning to the hawks inside the Biden administration not to go too far. It looks to me, Laura, like both sides are cooperating, uh, the Chinese team and the, and the Biden team, to work on the re-election of Joe Biden. I mean, they're framing this whole thing as uh, Biden's move toward peace and dampening down tension. So it's a gamble. But perhaps the uh, Chinese have been watching the polls— and see that there's a very good chance of Mr. Trump returning. They don't want that. So the only other option is to endorse Biden. That's how I read the atmospherics of what we've been seeing the last uh, few hours. So
4: the polls are pretty overwhelming. Fox News did a poll. The president's job performance, 40 percent approved. That's the highest I've seen. He is 63 percent of men disapprove of Joe Biden, 62 percent of voters under 45 60% of Hispanic voters disapprove. 57% have college degrees. Black women, uh, 60% like him. 41% don't like him. Uh, Head to head, Trump and Biden. Trump by four. DeSantis and Biden. DeSantis by five. Haley and Biden. Haley by 11. Bring us inside the White House, Tyrus. What are they thinking? Axelrod's turned on him. Tim Ryan has turned on him. He's got a legitimate opponent. New Hampshire's making a primary. They said, screw you.
9: We're beating South Carolina to it. So the sitting president could lose New Hampshire. He could. But, again, they, they always think uh, in terms of we have numbers. And they're going to go back to the core rallying cry for the Democrats, which is always uh, whenever they get. Uh, and a lot of times conservatives, they fall for it. The, the, the abortion argument always gets the base riled right. up and we, we have those arguments and then everyone forgets about the other things. You know, that's one of the, the and that's what killed the red wave. And then with the same thing we're like they're not really <laughs> concerned with the numbers now because they think they'll make that- they'll paint enough picture of the big bad monster which is Trump, and then they're going to continue because now you're starting to see, on, you won't see it on Twitter anymore, but you'll see on Facebook and Instagram, they'll start seeing the memes and the, and the, and the attacks, and he's Hitler. And they're going to keep saying he's Hitler, he's Hitler, and then you're going to start seeing people in the streets going, Hitler's coming, Hitler's coming. And so that's what they're really going to run on. They, don't, they want to run on people right. not voting for Joe Biden because they didn't vote for Joe Biden last time. They voted to stop Trump, and that's the game plan. Right. So the polls mean nothing to them.
0: And the cherry on top of that, they want to say convicted felon, yes. Hitler clone, yes. and oh, by the way, abortion. And that's all they're going to say because it's not about Joe Biden. No. It's, not about, it's about all the people around him that want to maintain the access to power and the mm-hmm. control that they have to push their agenda. Pete's host
4: of the Patriot Awards. We're going to talk about that when we get back. Tyrus got a brand new book coming out next week called Enough Said. We're going to talk about that. I like Tyrus's by language, not loving yours. Your arms are crossed. Your legs are He's, crossed. His you're open. You should know his plate is full.
9: All you right. know, I went to him. I said, what do you need? He said, I need to present. I'm, I'm in. Like, we have his back. I promise no outfit changes. Only Pete gets the outfit change. Right. So, and last year was two. So, I'm assuming this year will be three. So, you know, he's got a lot. He's got this tailor, you know, his executive producer, his boss. His brain trust is his wife, so you know he's losing there. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot. I, I don't feel bad. My wife produces my stand-up shows, Thank you. Right. which I'm filming my Fox Nation special tomorrow. Right. So, it's a busy time. We're all nervous. But Pete's holding it together. What Pete, he said. What he said.
4: Exactly. You're so much better off just nodding. But it's his radio, so the nods are not helping the show. Back in a moment.
3: If expanding Your Knowledge Base. It's The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News hourly update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade.
10: I'm going to do everything in my power. To make sure and mobilize the moderate, sensible, common sense middle. The middle's gone. There's not many of us centrists left. And if I can reinvigorate that, and I said, I will do everything that I possibly can. I'm totally, absolutely scared to death that Donald Trump would become president again. I think we will lose democracy as we need it, know it.
0: You think he believes that, Pete Hexeth? Who was that? Joe Manchin. That was Joe Manchin? I don't know. I mean, it's such a mantra of the, the left and Democrats. The whole idea of losing democracy,
9: it doesn't mean anything anymore.
0: Right. It just means we hate Trump and Trump's gonna destroy. Cyrus, our country. you put your head. Down. I just
9: put my head down. We're losing democracy again. We're the top five military in the world. USA, 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 America. Do you think if a president decided he's going to end democracy, our generals would be, like, okay with it? Like, this is stupid. It is. But this is – it makes no sense. He didn't do it when he was in, didn't think about it, even when he was convinced. Right. after being having four years of basically impeachment and, and just nonstop right. fake news, everything, trying to bring him down. He could have declared martial law. He could have tried. He could have tried to galvanize some generals. He could have done anything other than complain. He walked with a Bible to a church after it's a right. riot in the White House, and yes. Millie lost his
0: mind. Right. Yes. Like that gives you an instinct gotcha. into yeah. our Pentagon am, and how willing. I they am be. done with Millie. I am oh, so good. he has done more damage. Absolutely done with Millie.
4: So, Pete, what would you like to know about Tyrus's new book?
0: Enough said. I mean, I. It's comes out, sure out next week. So it's absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. I should cede my time to him to explain. No, because
9: we're going to talk about what's really important, which is the Patriot Awards. You no. know, this is all fodder. My book comes out next, just like when I gave that wonderful endorsement of your book, right. uh, Teddy you and know. Booker T, which yes. is now out, and everyone's yes. talking about the segment you
4: did. But with enough said, it's less bio, more about how you. Uh, well, I take, take on
9: basically the, my first book. Uh, was how my brain works and how I learned about the word I push so much accountability. Right. And in this book, I put it to practice. So I'll take a lot of the things that are going on today. One, boots on the ground, give a personal experience, a story that relates to the thing, and then my opinion of it and a little common sense or whatever. And so it's, a, it's a basically what you see on fell of me, but instead of only getting me to talk for four minutes a night, uh, you get my the way my brain thinks, and we take a lot of stuff on. We talk a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, everything from abortion to election to just what we're talking about right now with the hysteria of just saying things to get people to react with nothing to back it up. President right, yeah. Trump, there's nothing about him that says I'm non-democratic I- at all. He, democracy, it's what he's fighting for. Right. He's fighting for the right to run for president. He went through the courts
4: on that everything I mean, and frustrated yeah, the heck out he of him. He
9: shows up to court when he doesn't have to be there. Right. So that instead of planning his coup, right? You know what I'm saying? Like it makes no sense. It's a it's it's ridiculous. It's about as dumb as saying third party members hurt elections. No, they don't. You never had their votes to begin with. That's why they're voting for somebody else. Gotcha. Where if you have a two party, you're forced to vote one way or the other. I love. I think we should have more people running. I think we should have a four party system. People have a choice. And then when President Trump wins in this situation, or if Joe Biden were to win. It's because he had the right voters. People weren't voting because they mm. felt they had to. Yeah, the polls are just
4: amazing that he's, Trump's got 91 charges, four indictments, and he's gaining in the polls while being charged on his civil charges. That's supposed to hurt his reputation. Everything the American people see right through it. Pete, tonight, Trump will be watching. That's my transition, I
2: think. <laughs> Not Patriot bad. Awards.
4: That's what I'm going to go with. Not Patriot bad. Patriot Awards tonight. It goes on.
0: How long is it? When can we see it? How can we see it? Fox Nation. 7 p.m. local, 7 okay. p.m. central, 8 p.m. eastern. Uh, it is when you see it behind the scenes, you realize what a top-notch show it is. I mean, this is forget about the Oscars Glad and all that. Right? I mean, this is this is as well produced and put together, but it's all about the basics. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to love on my man here for a second because what was it? Two, three months ago, he reached out and said, "Hey, when I come, when, when am I when am I coming to the Patriot Wars?" I mean, it because it's a reflection. I cornered him. be honest with you. He did, did. did. but but he was coming anyway. So it was, it was an exclamation. He said, "I love this event. I want to be there with Patriots. I want to honor these heroes." And that's the ethos of Fox, too, of Tyrus, of you, of me, of everybody. Like We're here for the audience, right. and we're here for the people getting the awards. And it's a reminder for us of why, we, uh, why we're in this business to begin with, which is the country and saving the country. We have a new award,
4: the Stephen Siller Award, right? Yes. So. You
0: guys are giving out the Steven Siller Award. Uh, it's a phenomenal local connection. We can't really Don't reveal talk it. about what it is right now. But it's going to bring the house down at the end.
4: So it's interesting uh, with all the people. You're famous for so many reasons. Now you're doing stand up. You're a wrestler for years. You're a football player. Now you're a personality. When you travel around, do you notice that when you're in New York and Los Angeles, you're they're indifferent? When you travel around, how how different people treat you and Fox?
9: Well, the thing is, though, I get love wherever I go, probably because I'm a foot taller than everybody else. Right. But, um And I get coins. I have the other day. I was like, I went to pick up my bag. To leave, cause <laughs> I was like, "Why is my bag so heavy?" And I looked, and I forgot how many coins I've gotten from all over the all over the country or whatever. <laughs> the thing is that there's this misconception that you have to be from a certain place or somewhere, and it's not. People from all across. I go to California. My shows sell out. Doesn't matter where I go because our people are there. The message is what they like. And uh, you know, not to, to segue back real quick to uh, tonight, I get uh, awesome, awesome chance. I get to. To honor a police officer tonight. And in my book, as I tie them together, okay. I have an open letter to the police nice. of this country. Enough so said. Enough said. Pre order now. Pre order now. But tonight, it's a great honor, like being able to honor the police because we.
3: A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Mr. President, after today, would you still refer to President
6: "presidency" as a dictator? This
8: is a term uh, that you used earlier this year. Well,
4: look, he is. Yep, and just like that, his Secretary of State and his staff got upset. Uh, President Biden keeps saying things sometimes that he uh, he's right. He is a dictator. He's a communist dictator. He consolidated power. I think he had his predecessor taken out. In the middle, with every camera on him, in front of everyone, and the guy's disappear, hasn't been seen since. No one's going to be reelected or elected in China. He is it. He is a dictator, a communist dictator, but no one wants to be called that. China is outraged by that, and our Secretary of State's horrified by that. With me right now to talk about this and hopefully a little bit more. He's in a talkative mood. I know. I talked to him this morning on Fox & Friends, Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann. He conducted a coordinated task force, Pineapple, author of the book Operation Pineapple Express, the incredible story of a group of Americans who undertook one last mission and honor promise to Afghanistan. He's also doing a one-man play with, uh, with some very important people, uh, and he is. Uh, and he's going to talk more about that now. Scott, first off, when you look at things in the big picture from a policy perspective, he is a dictator, isn't he? Isn't he the definition of a dictator?
11: I mean, I, absolutely. It, it's a communist country. It's it. a totalitarian regime. Their behavior indicates it. And honestly, I, I tell you, in the veteran community, w- looking at just the optics of that guy's visit to San Francisco, it looked more like mainland China. Than it did the United States of America, and and I understand that you know diplomacy and public relations and things like that. But my goodness, that that was not uh, that was not a good optic for the country. So
4: you're saying that if President Biden went to China, they wouldn't have put their version of
11: Broadway uh, and put uh, American <laughs> flags up and down the street? I mean, it was like a, they put yeah, Chinese flags. It was a straight up performance. I mean, and and, and, it, and it just it had no underpinning of you know just like national pride, national integrity, national autonomy. None of that. And it just it just smacked of of like some kind of, you know, performance, diluted performance. It was it was really tough to watch.
4: It was. And now they they meet and they basically say when it comes to Taiwan, uh, back off. We're taking it anyway. I mean, this is through an interpreter. They're going to have military military contacts. That's always good. But here they're talking about uh, Taiwan. And when you talk about Taiwan, Joe Biden has said over and over again, if you attack Taiwan, we will get involved. Here is uh, here's, uh, the president of China talking about that. Cut nine.
2: The China-U.S. relationship, which is the most important bilateral relationship in the world, should be perceived and envisioned in a broad context of the, of the accelerating global transformations unseen in a century. It should develop in a way that benefits our two peoples and fulfills our responsibility for human progress.
4: Right. Uh, so they can be different. We're going to be able to compete. We'll see what happens coming out of this. But doesn't it bother you as a military person that it is our destroyers that are being cut off? It is our B 52 bombers that they got within 10 feet of just a few weeks ago. It was our country that was infiltrated by a spy balloon full of high tech equipment. And yet we're the ones who keep asking for this meeting.
11: Yeah. It, it's, um, you know, I've always believed that if you if you want to know what your opponent is up to, just pay attention and they'll tell you. I mean, they're telling us exactly what they're up to. Their actions indicated as well. Uh, and the fact that we are so tone deaf to this, it's, it's hard to watch. Like it really is. And and you can see, and China plays the long game. Like, you know, you, when you look at different antagonists, China plays the long game and they know how to play the long game and they're extremely uh, patient. And when they said this will happen invariably, inv- mm-hmm. inevitably it will happen.
4: You know? Uh, Colonel, I remember for the longest time, America, you strategized, oh, the last thing we wanted is urban warfare. Mm. It's dangerous. We want to avoid it. Guess where we were in Af- in Iraq? Urban warfare, block by block. You guys were cordoning off entire cities, putting in IDs, the citizens to try to gut the terrorists. The last thing the Israelis wanted to do was to go into Gaza block by block. That's very consistent. They did not have a choice. Right. From what you see of this operation, what they let us see through the helmet cams, how do you characterize it so far? You know, they bombed for two weeks and they've been on the ground for two weeks. There's a,
11: there's a couple of things about the Israeli military that I've always kind of been in awe of. One is I believe they are the fastest collective learning organization on the planet. They learn fast, and they crystallize that learning, and they distribute that learning in record time. Is that leadership? That's, that's definitely leadership, and it's, it's a culture. It's a culture of understanding that if you don't learn fast when you're surrounded on all sides, you're not going to you know, survive. So they're a fast learning organization. And then the other thing that strikes me, Brian, about what they're doing is the surgical lethality By which they're executing this mission extremely surgical extremely precise excellent intelligence and then the fact that they're showing in real time transparently what's actually happening they're holding a mirror up to Hamas in real time with distributed cameras and they're showing it to the world. That is unprecedented. I mean, to see that kind of narrative warfare happening at the same time you're fighting block by block, and the discipline that that takes to do that from strategic to tactical, it's, it's super impressive to I me. I want
4: you to hear – so you know, what they're doing now is – I saw it on other channels too. They're saying it's a little dangerous, but come, come with me on a mission because yeah. they're losing the PR war and to the rest of the world. And they say, we want you to show you why we're bombing in and around neighborhoods. This is where they're located. So here is Jonathan He He's the IDF spokesperson. And here he is walking through a hospital. Cut 21.
6: We're now, as you can see, in an MRI room. I don't know when this was used the last time. I don't know when it was used the last time, but it is definitely an MRI machine. And if you follow me behind the MRI machine... I'll show you what our troops exposed just minutes ago. In military terms, this is a grab bag. Grab and go of a Hamas combatant. And if you zoom in, and we get some light over here, what you'll be able to see are is military equipment. There is a, an AK-47. There are cartridges, am, ammo. Uh, there are uh, grenades in here. Of course, uniform. And all of that. this was hidden. Very conveniently, secretly, behind the MRI machine. Convincing. I watched the video. You've seen the video. So this is what they
4: have to do now. they got to bring a, a spokesperson with them on missions.
11: It's what they're going to have to continue to do, and you and I talked about this off camera, but they're going to have to continue to do this because this is a narrative war that they are waging, and the, a large chunk of the world have these these preconceived false narratives about what's actually going on. Look, when you have a grab bag behind an MRI machine, that is a violation of law of land warfare. That hospital legitimately becomes a target at that point because you are using that as a as a launch pad. And so these guys are violating law of land warfare at every turn, Brian, and, and they're going to have to document it. They're going to have to show it in real time. I hope that they show that, that horrible film that they showed the press of October 7. I think that thing needs to be mainstreamed into, into every university in the United States. because Children
4: with their hands cut off. I
11: mean, what else are you going to do? Because the narratives that are, are out there right now are actually justifying this kind of anti-Semitic, anti-human behavior, and it's got to be stopped. So this is going to go on for a while, but does it bother you that the enemy wants you there? Like
4: Hamas knew. Yeah. I, uh, they're coming into Gaza right and they're, and they're, and israel says yeah you 're right we 're coming in, but does it bother you that they want this
11: that 's why I, I talk about this this notion of the narrative. look at some point, the local population is really the, the who you want to address here, I mean, in other words, like in Afghanistan. You want a local population that is inhospitable to the Taliban. In Gaza, you want a local population that is inhospitable to Hamas and Hezbollah. You want the the, the folks to want their own form of government. And And that's going to be a tough slog. But ultimately, that's the only way you win this thing. Otherwise, you just keep going back in there doing house-to-house fighting. And, and that is diminishing returns. Over you know, immediately
4: the Wall Street Journal came out with a story and said they were meeting biweekly in uh, in Beirut with Hezbollah and the Quds Force uh, uh, officers, as well as Hamas. And yeah. then we find out to, a week later that they were at 500 training in Iran. The one thing the administration said, we yeah, we don't think so, because we picked up communications says they were surprised by this attack. Yeah. And we have nobody in Lebanon that would confirm this. Now, why do you think the administration is reluctant to believe or pursue the same the, the same uh, roads that journalists are pursuing, why are they reluctant to get those answers
11: well I mean not you know, i 'm not super steeped in policy, but it doesn 't take a genius to look at the the fact that they 've kind of made their bed with the pre existing policy with with Iran that doesn 't look very good now if you now address them as a state sponsor of terror and frankly the external supporter of iran you know and but but you 're bringing up points that are absolutely spot on. And that's the beauty of surrogate warfare is you put your surrogates into play, and then you just have plausible deniability when it goes bad. And that's what Iran's doing here, and that's very obvious. And the fact that we would even make those kinds of overt statements with the just the implicit and explicit involvement that Iran's had is inexcusable. At right? the
4: very least, the, these are organizations that – extremely reputable organizations say, so yeah, they get stuff wrong. Everybody gets stuff wrong. But this is pretty consistent. They've been going down this way. And I think to myself yeah. right away, how did you know so quick that this was going on? Yeah. And we yeah. did have reporters. There were reporters, AP reporters, yeah. and CNN reporters. They said they were freelance who were with Hamas during the incursion, yeah. which is blown away. When you, when you heard about it, you've read a lot about yeah. it. Do you think that was well rehearsed?
11: I do. I mean, it just there's, to me, there's no way that you could execute this kind of multi-echelon, layered offensive without state sponsorship. You know, surrogates like Hezbollah and, and Hamas conducting it, okay, but there had to be some kind of state sponsorship of this for, the, for for an attack of that scale. I mean, look at the weapon systems that are in those tunnels. I mean, they are pristine, the packing grease still on those things. Like, you know, there's definitely some kind of state sponsorship, and it wouldn't surprise me if it, the more that we unpack this – because I'm already hearing reporting of this from, from our contacts – that Afghanistan, uh, the, the, the you know, the, the, the terror safe haven there – was, was was feeding and fueling this to some degree You were well. hearing this? Absolutely. And yeah. what about the weapons that we left? Absolutely. We were hearing this past summer from uh, Masood's National Resistance Front that weapons were making their way into the black market in the Levant from Afghanistan. We were hearing that there were a whole range of fighters training in Afghanistan at these camps. And it would not surprise me at all if, as this thing continues to unfold, that you see it emanating ultimately, at least, or some of it originating from Afghanistan.
4: So tell me about your one-man play.
11: So it's actually a six-person show. It started as a one-person show. It's called Last Out Elegy of a Green Beret. And I tell people, if you want to know why Pineapple Express happened, come see this play. Because it tells the story of the long Afghanistan war how it affected a military family, what they went through. Uh, and it's all veterans and all military families in the cast, only two professional actors. I play a lead, the lead role
2: mm. along
11: with my son and several other veterans. And we've traveled the country. Gary Sanus sponsored it for a year, uh, and now we're bringing it out on our own, taking it around the country.
4: Who gave you acting class?
11: I started studying when I was 50 years old, like the ultimate midlife crisis, I snuck up to New York twice a month to study under Larry Moss and Carl Bury so my SF buddies didn't find out I was doing it. And then we rolled it out as a surprise in uh, on Veterans Day 2018, and I've been acting ever since. Do you like it? I love it. It's, it's, it's For me, it's healing with all of the PTS and survivor's guilt. It's allowed me to take the trauma out on the stage and share that story with Gold Star families and our, and combat wounded and really heal right there in real time in front of them.
4: What does an acting teacher teach somebody who lived it?
11: Well, because for veterans, we're taught to bottle it up and put armor over it so that we can stay in the fight. And, you know, you know, like when you get on a stage, you have to take all that off and you, you have to tell the story of trauma, suicidal ideation, losing your friends. You have to take all that off and you have to just be present for the audience and let them see what that world's like. And so it's terrifying. It, you know, it's, it actually goes against everything that we're taught to do as veterans and first responders. But I actually think that's how we heal. My nonprofit, that's what we focus on is storytelling to heal. So a lot of people say acting is therapeutic. It is therapeutic. It has been for me. I mean, everything in the play is true. Military
4: or even if you're not in the military. 100%. And
11: and like that's what we do is we actually teach storytelling to veterans and first responders so that they can go through that and act. Because what happens is when you tell a story, you put it out there. You're telling it in the service of someone else, and you actually start to heal yourself.
4: Wow, that's so interesting. But also you have to create – but you're still you. I could Scott, could you – we're talking to Scott Mann here – Scott, do you think that when this is done and the series is done, could you see auditioning for parts that aren't within your personality? No. Or you just did it for the stage I did it.
11: I do it strictly. I mean, I'm going to do a one-man show hopefully around Pineapple uh, as well. I do love performing like that, but I mostly love performing the stuff I write. Gotcha.
4: Yeah. Understood. Uh, well, that could be stand up. You know, that could be that could be it. Okay. So it I know you're very serious to do stand up. I think <laughs> I you've think seen you've seen good. too much hard stuff. Uh, Scott, it's always great uh, if we want to find out more about the plays.
11: Yeah, if you go to LastOutPlay.com or, okay. or ScottMan.com, we've got everything up there. Our final performance is in Tampa, December six and seven. But hopefully, bringing it to New York, we got some surprises there in twenty four. Awesome,
4: uh, Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, Thanks so much. Thanks, Brian. All right, back in a moment.
11: Coming to you on a need-to-know basis, because,
3: man, do you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade.
4: October 16, 1901. This new president, Teddy Roosevelt, is just getting used to the reins of power after the assassination of William McKinley. So he's here at the White House. he gets word that Booker T. Washington, his good friend, is in town. So he does what everyone would do, invites him over for dinner with his family. And they'd met until 11 o'clock at night. It seemed like the right thing to do. After all, what's the big deal? White president and his family meeting with a black leader? Well, that's now. 120 years ago, they weren't ready to accept it.
8: It's the first time in the
5: history of the country that a black man was invited to dine with the President of the United States. We had some hesitation about doing it because Booker T.'s way of operating is under the radar.
4: Upon hearing the President's invitation, Washington wrote this letter with the following reply.
1: My dear Mr. President, I shall be very glad to accept your invitation for dinner this evening at 7.30. Yours very truly, Booker T. Washington.
4: And that is a little of the special that's on Fox Nation about, based on my book, Teddy and Booker T, Two American Icons, blaze the Path to Racial Equality. Uh, Thanks for making it a top ten book on the New York Times list this week. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to be signing. I'm at the Patriot Awards right now in Nashville, going to Brentwood, not too far away, 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock tomorrow. So go uh, make reservations if you can at Barnes & Noble there. And then on the 18th in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, at Hamilton Place. So that will be at noon uh, on the 18th as well. So after Chattanooga, I'm going to going to Madison, Alabama at 6 p.m. So I've never been to Madison, but I love Alabama. I look forward to seeing all of you there. And then the next day, staying in Alabama, going to Montgomery on the 19th. And that's uh, right off the East Chase Parkway. You'll see me in Bayshore Long Island at Barnes & Noble. Uh, that'll be on Long Island, I mentioned. That'll be the Friday after Thanksgiving. All right, no, Saturday after Thanksgiving. Listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you're here. Uh, we have a lot of things we're covering. Number one, the Patriot Awards. You have to watch tonight. If you want to find out who really stood out this year and did things selflessly and heroically, this is the, the show to do it. Also, we're following it through stories, the APEC Summit. There's 21 other leaders, 21 leaders getting together out in San Francisco. They're trying to make some progress. And also, the big story was the meeting yesterday with our president and the president of China. You factor in also that while this is happening, right after it's happening, there was an additional events. But the president of China left and hosted a dinner with American businessmen and women. If you had $2,000, you got in. If you had $40,000, you sat at his table. And as we've been going over here, Mike Gallagher leading the Chinese Select Committee on Intelligence Bipartisan, they are a dangerous nation, and we have to be decoupling. And for these business owners to say, "I forget politics, let's do a deal, this thing is terrible. Brian show at the Grand old Opry House in Nashville, Tennessee. Keep it here.
3: news radio studios in midtown manhattan it's the fastest growing radio talk show brian kilmeade
4: yeah normally i'm happy to tell you i'm coming to you from midtown manhattan but now i'm telling you i'm coming to you from nashville tennessee as the guy with the deep voice just said patriot awards a time to salute average everyday americans doing extraordinary things and not doing it to be famous but they're going to be recognized tonight and we'll be here. I hope you get Fox Nation anyway, but you can watch the streaming device. Also, I have uh, What Made America Great at 56 of those episodes. I think the best one is the last one I just did, and it's Teddy and Booker T. How two American icons blaze a path to racial equality. It's eventually going to air on the channel, but right now it's on Fox Nation. Uh, this hour, we got some great guests lined up. Uh, this we got Patrick Murphy, who's standing right here. He was the 32nd Under Secretary of the Army, Iraq War vet, former Congressman from PA. John Rich, this is his home game. Beautiful house, beautiful restaurant, beautiful bar here in Nashville. And then Mark Teeson uh, next hour. But right now, let's get to the big three.
3: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
5: Number three. This is a place where I do a little bedwetting. Um, When I'm sitting up at night, this is the thing I worry about. If Joe Manchin decides he wants to run on a third party ticket, that could elect Donald Trump. We need to be very clear about some of these third party candidacies.
4: Yeah, and a lot of people, believe it or not, Jim Messina, are happy about that. 2024, attention, Democrats. More polls are in and your worst nightmare coming to fruition. Trump is stronger than the 80, 81-year-old incumbent, and he would be knocked out with Joe Biden by virtually anyone on in the GOP field.
2: Number two.
6: There is a, an AK-47. There are cartridges, ammo. Uh, there are grenades in here. Of course, uniforms. And all of that, this was hidden very conveniently, secretly, behind the MRI machine.
4: Uh, and that is Jonathan Konrakis. Uh, he is the IDF spokesperson at Al Shifa Hospital in Gaza City. Israel at war. Hostage deal seems imminent. Keep your fingers crossed. Gaza City penetration goes deeper. And as promised, Hamas, evil practices of using, using innocents as shields, hospitals as weapons, depots and tunnels as headquarters is revealed.
8: Number one. As you know, I just concluded several hours of meetings with President Xi, and I believe there are some of the most constructive and productive discussions we've had. We've made some important progress, I believe.
4: We'll see superpower thaw, perhaps. China comes to the city by the bay and shows a willingness to talk. The stubbornness on Taiwan, all while never taking blame for the spy balloon or the global pandemic that killed millions. All at the APEC summit. With me right now. Is a man that knows all about diplomacy as well as fighting for our country. He is Patrick Murphy.
12: Uh, Congressman, welcome back. Brian, thanks for having me back. It's great to be here at the Patriot. It's my first time ever. Yeah, you'll
4: love it. It's right up your alley. Of course, you never stop serving the country. But we're looking at the flat screens now, and we're looking at protesters in Boston, and they're calling for a ceasefire, I guess, in Gaza and blocking the street. We saw the raid on the DNC headquarters last night in D.C., the assault of uh, six cops. Congressman, this is dividing the Democratic Party and dividing America. It shouldn't. This is the easiest ever. Defend yeah. your ally after a brutal attack.
12: Yeah, well, I'd also say there was the, the largest pro Zor rally ever in American history in Washington. I was down there. Right, a peaceful one, exactly, a peaceful one. Um, and so, yeah, this is disheartening. But, but, Brian, I've talked to you about this. They've been sowing the seeds of anti-Semitic rhetoric in college campuses across America that people just don't understand what 's going on that Israel shares our values that Israel is a democracy in the middle of the Middle East where you have dictatorships or they the don't know do you think
4: these people know about the Palestinian situation? No. do you know the history to the region? do they understand what happened October seventh what life was like October sixth where were they October this is not in this seems to be orchestrated you believe the this, uh, this the seeds were
12: sown in curriculum I actually think a lot of these people are getting paid. Yeah, I I was got four thousand folks, including John Huntsman, including Mark Rowan, Josh Harris. Four thousand of them wrote a letter before October seventh at the University of Pennsylvania. I teach at the Wharton School of Business. We had the lead singer of Pink Floyd there, who's a known anti-Semite, who has said he thinks October Roger 7th, Waters. Roger Waters. He thinks October seventh is still manufactured. He, he thinks that Israel is like Nazi Germany. It, it is, but to invite. People who have hate in their heart, the college campuses, is wrong. And we got to make sure that. And again, I believe in academic freedom and the freedom of speech. But this is what you see on these rallies right here. These are misinformed folks that don't understand the world, that don't understand what's going on. Some of them, Brian, I will try to give the benefit of that. I always try to be fair and balanced. Some of them might just say, hey, they see suffering going on in Gaza, and let's put it. And again, we, those of us who've seen war, it hurts our heart. Because, but I also hurts my heart the fact that there's 200 hostages still that we're trying to get released from the terrorist group. So, so think about this:
4: for years, Syrian President Assad was dropping uh, barrel bombs on innocent people. We could saw all the video. Then he gassed them. Yeah, where were the protests around the Syrian embassy? Right. Where were the protests at the UN? Then you go, okay, you know, enemy of our country, he's an evil person. We agree, we have to take action there. We still have troops there because we've got nine hundred troops there because of that. I, I keep going back to, where does this come from? How do you motivate students to give up so much if for Palestinians when they probably have never, in many cases, have never even met a Palestinian? Don't understand who the bad guys are in this region. People want a homeland. Okay, have you tell me about Oslo? Tell me about the last time Yasser you heard about Yasser Arafat. Tell me about Hamas winning an election in the region, and you cannot go to talks with Hamas, and they
12: they don't want to talk. Right. Do you think they want to sit down at a table no. at Camp David? No. And uh, Hamas leaders are not even in Palestine; they're they're overseas, Qatar. they're in Qatar and elsewhere. And you know that's why when I say there's sowing seeds here in America, and that's what we're seeing here. Here, but there are also sowing seeds in their own homeland, and it's not just Bas Palestine; it's Jordan isn't great. Some other ones where they're teaching their kids that Israel doesn't have a right to exist, that Israel isn't really human right. beings. And, and again, that, that's not what we need. We need our friends in that, in that region of the world to do what's right and to make sure that it's the next generation understands that we're all human beings. We all want the same things. We all believe in God, our, our, our beliefs on what God it is it is. Not with Hamas. They got a different, they got a different oh, set of, uh, different oh, set oh, of no, beliefs. No. They're a terrorist organization. No, no. Right. They're, they're different. And people Absolutely. have pointed out to
4: me that uh, Yasser Arafat was a Christian. So he might have been impossible to deal with. And he said, if I ever cut a deal, I'll be assassinated the next day. Those were the good old days. Right. Those were the good old days. Where right. you go, you're not negotiating good faith. Right. These people just want to kill you. Right. And they abuse the Palestinian people, perhaps. I don't know. I'm only going by second and third hand. I want to talk to you about the Democratic Party and how they stand on this. You watch the president's numbers go down uh, in with Tlaib's crew, with Muslim Americans, because he's standing up for Israel. They did not appear at the pro-Israeli rally, not the Secretary of State, not a vice president, not even not a president. Where do the Democratic Party stand on this? Because it
12: seems to be a lot of members of the squad and Congressman Jarrah Bowman, they are for ceasefire. Listen, I I think you're seeing members of the squad get primary, and now they're going to. You the, want a primary? That, well, I think what you're seeing is Jeffries and these folks who are saying, "Hey, you gotta you you made your bed, now you gotta sleep in it." And so they're going to the D C saying, "Hey, Akeem Jeffries, help us out here." And he's like, "Hey, you got your primary fights. We're, we're gonna we'll support you in the general election if that if that's the case and if need be." So what you're seeing is is the the folks are coming home the roost, uh, and and I'll tell you. What you about Barack Obama's? Uh, nobody's hands are clean here. Did that bother you? No, I, I no, it didn't bother me at all. And I think that I think that's what we need to do as far as when you take a step forward and say, "Hey, let's talk. Let's figure out a way forward." In the meantime, that's let's different do
4: these- from "my hands are dirty here." Uh, I think and he might we have, have can everything. Can, he, I, can I? Can yeah. I,
12: The reason why I took it, why I was offended, I say, Brian, I think he's a good. He was he was raised by a World War II veteran, his grandfather, who served in Patton's army. I think he's self-reflective, like. Look at what's going on. This is years in the making. And he's like self-reflecting, saying, frankly, I wish we could should have or could have done more. He didn't say that. That's what you hope he said. He could have said, I could have done more.
4: But how would he do more when Hamas won? You could even go back to Condoleezza Rice. She was Secretary of State. She says, have elections. Start getting some democracy here. If they have elections, Hamas wins. And then the Palestinian Authority gets blown out of Gaza. They both things they didn't think was going to happen. Right. So he could say that and say, listen, we made a bad decision back in 2005. I don't know. You know, right. and, but to say everyone's hands are dirty right. here right. when they, they massacred children, the people they massacred were the people who were, who were sympathetic towards Gazans, Palestinians, that spent their time volunteering
12: over there. They got their intelligence and then they butchered them. Yeah. No, no, and I don't think he means on October seventh, Brian. I don't, he doesn't mean October seventh. I think he means that in the making up to it, that Netanyahu and some others weren't okay. weren't as great, and, and and try to meet them or try to do what's necessary to prevent this. And by the way, their hands aren't clean and that there was a massive intelligence failure on the IDF's so part. And I'm not again,
6: Absolutely. I'm not trying
12: to kick them when they're down, brother. So I'm not trying to. But, but they got to figure it out now, right? No, what no, else no, are yeah. they missing? Well, listen, I think his days are numbered, if you ask me.
4: Yeah, the parliamentary system, you could do that, but it's a bad time to oust him. I think he's got military experience. He understands the West. But uh, Fox News poll comes out. Record high disapproval for President Biden. 63% for men, 62% under 45, 60% disapprove Hispanics, 57% with college degrees, uh, 41% of black voters disapprove of President Biden. Now, I would say – I think you know that the Fox News polls don't skew left or right. I mean, oh yeah, no, are yeah. yeah, yeah, no. The other really thing sure, is, yeah. this is reflective of what CNN came out with and what CNN came out with. Fox News poll: President Biden actually has the highest performance, 40% approval. It's low, but it's higher than he usually gets. Head to head with Trump, he loses by four. Head to head with DeSantis, loses by five. Head to head with DeSantis, with Nikki Haley, loses by eleven. Is this why Tim Ryan? Is this why David Axelrod? Is this why Van Jones is basically
12: saying, Joe, you gotta step aside? I, I think that's yes, I think that's a big reason why. And I do I do think that um you're seeing folks that are saying, Hey, this is unrecoverable. I would say though, Brian historically, as you know, These are the same, almost same numbers, some a little bit better, some a little bit worse, that where Barack Obama was against Mitt Romney in his first, in his re-election. And Biden's numbers are actually a little bit better on the economy than where Obama was. And I would say this, too, that Mitt Romney, he didn't have, you know, you talk about a floor and a ceiling. Mitt Romney, Trump's floor is higher because there's people, the 40% of people are ready to run through a wall for him. He's a fighter, and we all know that. But the ceiling is much shorter compared to where Romney is. And I think that... When you look at when it's Biden versus Trump, which it's going to be, if it's Nikki Haley, it's a different case. But it's going to be Biden versus Trump rematch. And I do think President Trump, former President Trump, is a flawed candidate. And I'm not just talking about the four indictments and the four okay. court cases. But do you know the main difference between Obama and Biden? Yeah. I is think- it
4: Obama and Clinton? Uh, I think W, two Bill Clinton, obviously. Not Hillary. But Hillary still you know, was healthy. He he does. He's not going to get younger. And that's what Axelrod's point was. You could have bad numbers, but I'm going to give you a strategy. I'm going to go out and do five, six events a day. Trump will do five events a day. They his own staff is worried about the their president giving a speech or doing an interview. He can't he can't win it.
12: Trump has to lose it. And that's what's got the experts on the left unnerved. Right. And historically, Democrats usually went to bed at this point in, in the presidential race. So? Yeah, yeah. No, so listen, so you don't listen, see, you're not shocked by these le- polls? Listen, I, I, listen I, you know, I was in Baghdad, Iraq, getting murdered at night almost every night. And so, like, you kind of no, know I mean, when the mortars are coming. And you know how, how no, far. No, I'm using it as out. an analyst. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah but, I, but I'm saying, though, in that, I think people have counted out Joe Biden from day one. They counted him out in the primary, the Democratic primary four years ago. They're counting out now. And I do think the guy is a workhorse, not a show horse. is produced. He's a workhorse? He is, he, Brian. Oh, my God. He takes three-day weekends. He doesn't listen, do any
1: interviews. I, he's, are you kidding me? He's, lie, he's, not he's not a show horse.
12: But he, is, like, he, he works it. And he's passed the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill, the CHIPS Act. I mean, oh, again, it's with the
13: – Brian, I mean, he's, not jobs. He's, he's not a workhorse. He's not a workhorse. We are
12: coming off the
4: pandemic. I'm just saying that right now the American people have soured on him on almost every level – and you're seeing now in three major polls. But I'm gonna bring up Dean Phillips. Evidently, according to Washington Post, Dean Phillips cannot get President Biden on the front. He wanted to say, Listen, I'm gonna run. He goes, Why? He goes, The queer thing is he's not doing it, Dennis Kucinich. He actually wants to win. So he goes, I like President Biden. But he thinks he's too old. He went out and he is going out there and he's pounding New Hampshire and South Carolina and in New Hampshire just said, We're going first before South yeah, Carolina. January, January 3rd, yeah. So to play this out. The New Hampshire primary comes up. Joe Biden's not on the ballot. Dean Phillips walks away with those electoral points. He goes to South Carolina. A nimble guy, self-made billionaire. I, I don't. I'm not going to sell him, but I'm going to tell you, he's. He can speak. Yeah. You know he can talk. He can debate. He has confidence. He's
12: got money. This is bother This is where to the White House. Or am I overstating it? I think you're most overstating. I, I agree with your first sentence. He that, wants to win. Uh, He wants to win. He's probably going to win New Hampshire because, you know, they they jumped up, and Biden's not going to compete there. But I think Biden smokes them everywhere else. South Carolina, Iowa, Nevada, Super Tuesday. Like, it's not even going to be close. Like, not even close. I think Robert Kennedy would would have done a better job than Dean Phillips in a primary. But he wouldn't even acknowledge him. Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> I think that was his little finger to him. To be honest with you, Brian, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to your radio show, but I think that was the president's wave saying, like, I'm not going to take my time. I know you're going against me, and I'm not going to make this easy for you. With RFK. Well, I'm not for Dean. Oh, for Dean. Uh, uh, and uh, and I think up, RFK, yeah. RFK is going to obviously run as independent, and I think that's going to be. I I think those numbers are accurate. I think he takes more more votes away from from former President Trump. Actually, right now, oh, RFK. Yeah. I in really the three way race in the Fox, yeah, Bowl, the vaccine he, he voters loses. and the anti-vax vaccine voters, et cetera. Yeah.
4: Right. But right now in the three way race, it just came out. He gets 15 percent of the vote and Trump wins uh, in the last. But there's also a whole bunch. There's Jill Stein. There's possibly Joe Manchin. There's RFK and there could be Cornell West. It could be carving the whole thing. 1%, 1%, 1%, 1% could be a difference. Yeah. And it's gonna, this this could be nip and talk, man.
12: We're going to be talking about this for the next 12 months, brother.
2: All
4: right. to so. Patrick Murphy, back to University of Pennsylvania for you. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing you here in the Patriot Awards. Absolutely. All it's right. going be a great night. Brian Kilmeade, Nashville. Back in a moment.
3: It's Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade.
4: Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Brian Kilmeade coming to you from the Grand Old Opry House. This has been around for 95 years. A few locations, like Madison Square Garden in New York City. It's still MSG, but it was moving all around Manhattan. So this place is great. It's historic. It's fantastic to be here at Patriot Awards tonight. But the one thing stuck up on me, stuck out with me with Hunter Biden. I'm uh, just familiar with a lot of people around me that have been addicted to different things, and I don't judge them, but I do notice. They always blame, and there's always somebody to blame. And I'm seeing it again with Hunter Biden who claims to be in recovery, and for his sake I hope so, but I don't like the behavior again. Do you know this guy's threatening to sue Tony Bobulinski? Do you know that this guy had a book tour out after he got away with uh, that laptop not being his, according to 51 Intel experts? Then he writes a book about his life, bringing all these questions up again, which we still use as answers because they're so uh, in a, inadequate. Do you know what he's doing now? He wants to subpoena President Trump, and he wants to subpoena Bill Barr for relentlessly going after him, his tax cases, and his laptop. This guy also wants to sue the laptop owner. He never admitted that was his laptop, but the guy in the on in the laptop repair shop, he wants to sue him. So instead of taking accountability and responsibility for anything and everything, he's suing the exact people who are pursuing the truth, opening himself up to discovery. Do you think the president wants more scrutiny on Trump and Hunter? Do you know how much President Trump loves this? Can anybody say no to this kid? Brian Kilmicha. back in a moment.
3: If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
4: Welcome back, everybody. With me right now is country music legend. I don't say legend. It makes you sound old. I would think a superstar. John <laughs> Rich, he's going to be playing a prominent role tonight, especially in the open. I got a little bit of a preview, but I was told not to tell anyone. So if everyone listening promises not to tell anyone, John won't be mad at me. Uh, Singer, songwriter, Fox Nation host, of, of uh, one of the MVPs and great friends of the network. John, you should be welcoming me, but I'm going to welcome you to the show. You well, welcome
7: me to your town. I though. appreciate it. Welcome to the Grand Ole Opry. How about that? I right. mean, that's like the phrase everybody wants to hear in their life at some point. Now,
4: how long has this been here because I know it's 95 years old, but they told me it's a bunch of locations.
7: You're talking about the Grand Ole Opry yeah. itself, so yeah, it started downtown in Nashville at the Ryman Auditorium, which is still there. People should go see that for sure. The mother church of country music. Does it still,
4: does that still? Oh yeah, they
7: active? they still do Grand Ole Opry shows. The Grand Ole Opry is a radio show, so it started back, like I said, 95 years ago on AM 650, one of the biggest AM stations, and. They started having basically these on-stage jams at the Ryman Auditorium. Well, the uh, the Grand Ole Opry show got so big that they couldn't handle it downtown, so they built this building here, which you're at the Grand Ole Opry. So. Uh, it, it, listen, this is where every country singer in the world, I don't care from Garth Brooks down to the guy who's parking cars right now trying to get a deal, every country singer wants to sing on the Grand Opry. And in the middle of the stage is a circle. Right. And that is? That circle was taken from the original Ryman Auditorium, which, like I said, is downtown, but that was the circle that everybody right. stood in to sing. So Minnie Pearl, Hank Sr., all the greats throughout history stood in that circle. So when you take the Opry stage that old circle is still sitting there and that, that's the magic spot it's ama- it's amazing it's, it's everyone still everyone still comes there today the yeah. seats are also unique they're benches like pews in yeah. yeah so uh, the Ryman auditorium was actually a big methodist church back in the day and the church allowed these guys to come in and do a do a saturday night music jam called the grand ole opry and it has pews in it because it was a church, and so I think they kept that spirit alive by uh, building the new Opry the same way. So you've been there before. when We were in Hollywood, Florida. How's tonight going to feel different? Do you think? You know, the Guitar Hotel in Hollywood, Florida. I mean that that place that was is, cool. It's unbelievable to be in there. This is a different vibe here because it's the Grand Ole Opry. You know, and I, I would dare say that most people that that watch Fox or listen to you on the radio are probably country music fans. So for them to see some of their favorite people inside the Opry is best of both worlds.
4: So I, I was able to – they put us up in a hotel right by Broadway. And yeah. I've been lucky enough to be here working and, and also came here a couple of times to have a good time. Your place, the Redneck Riviera. Yeah. On the corner. Now, I know it's good for your business, but do you worry about it coming too commercial? In the beginning, you be country music fans. Now I'm just – I couldn't even walk down the street last night, and it was a Wednesday. Yeah, it was so crowded. It's a madhouse. I know house. you love this as a restaurateur <laughs> yeah. and owner of a beautiful bar. Right at the end, perfect location. Yeah, uh, but do you see, look around? Sometimes I go, "What happened to
7: what happened to history? What happened to country music? Is it too commercial?" Well, the city of Nashville got rid of a lot of the history, which is unfortunate. Music Row doesn't look the same. A lot of the a lot of the historic buildings got t- knocked Broadway's down. this big Apple building
4: now. It's all glass, right?
7: But the actual main strip down on Broadway. Those are the original honky tonks. So, like, where Redneck Riviera is, my bar is at Third and Broadway. That was actually a, a hospital during the Civil War. It was built in 1851. I mean, that's how same long, building, same building. We had to go in and structurally, you know, bring it up to where we could hold a bunch of people. But it's the same brick, same location, right. and uh, people love coming to Redneck Riviera. When you walk in. My walls are absolutely plastered. There's thousands of patches from uh, police, fire, veterans, active duty. They come in from all over the U.S. to put their patches on that wall. It's the only bar you'll see on Broadway that does that.
4: So cool. And I've been there before. And you did the, the extraordinary thing that has caught the imagination of America. When the President of Freedom Fighter was out on paperback, you had a book signing in a country music bar, yours. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think that that's going to catch on and Barnes & Noble at one point would just be out of business?
7: That <laughs> well, we, It was great. Well, you can do things at Redneck Riviera to book saying that you can't do at Barnes <laughs> & Noble. Drink. Uh, and drink and dance and hear live music. I mean, I, I'd like to get my book signed at Redneck Riviera It was for so sure. cool. And then you oh, took yeah. them playing? Yeah, like, man. We enjoyed having you.
4: Uh, that was great. Uh, it just shows how you're creative, how creative you are. Um, you have how much going on right now? Because you also have your liquor. Yeah, Redneck
7: Redneck Riviera Whiskey is now in over 10,000 stores across the U.S. A portion Uh, goes to... uh, We've generated $1.6 million back to the Folds of Honor since 2018. RedneckRiviera.com has a store locator. You can find the whiskey anywhere you got. I'm about to do 1,000 autographed bottles. Uh, for Christmas, where you can order one and wow. put it under the tree for your favorite redneck and your family. So that's that's done great. Old Glory Bank is up and running. That That is a, a bank that it's uh, Ben Carson, Larry Elder, myself, and a few others where you will never be canceled for exercising your constitutional rights because we see what's happening to a lot of prominent wow. conservatives. I did not know that. I know you talked yeah. about that. that. So that's it's up and up running? It's up and running, yeah. It's now it's now graduated to the point we're actually doing small business loans now. So lots of people are coming to O'Glory Bank, OgloryBank.com. How so, many outlets do you have? Uh, right now on physical outlets, not that many because it's, it's online mainly, but those physical outlets will come. But what people like about it is you, know, you can't be Justin Trudeau'd. With this bank, people think that if the government tells a bank to freeze somebody's bank account, the bank does not have to just do that. The bank can say, no, we're not freezing their account. They did not commit a crime. We're not doing it. Most banks just bend to the will of the, of the government. Oh, glory bank's not going to do that. So because of that, lots of people are bringing their accounts to us.
4: Which is interesting because what you're referring to is the truckers with uh, in Canada. Yeah. They went and said since they wouldn't move, he went ahead and froze their bank accounts. That's how
7: he ultimately stopped the protest. He froze their bank accounts. He froze their boss's bank accounts. Tow trucks that refused to tow the trucks, he would freeze the tow truck company's bank account. I mean, Nig- Nigel Farage just had all his accounts frozen. We've seen all kinds of people do that. And that is the ultimate backbreaker if the U.S. government ever starts freezing the accounts of people that disagree with them. I mean, you talk about fascism. That's it. So we see this as a problem in the future and wanted to build Old Glory Bank to be a stopgap for that situation. Can you give me an idea of what you're doing at the Patriot Wars tonight so, without giving it away? Yeah, so Pete Hexeth and I have a hilarious opening, okay? We shot this. A couple of weeks ago, it, it involves uh, classic Cadillacs, uh, honky tonks, and uh, cowboy hats, and it's hilarious. And I'm just telling you right that, now, Pete. Who knew Pete was that funny? But he's—you know—he is. Yeah, he's but funny. he's oh, he's a funny guy, man. So the opening should be uh, really hilarious. That should be great. And talk about this—you've gone to
4: so many award shows. I mean, CMAs, everything. This is different.
7: Yeah, this is the best award show because and you've we been are, at every one, haven't you? I've been to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is the best awards show, though, the Patriot Awards, because we're putting the spotlight on people who really should have the spotlight on them. I mean, who cares about a celebrity getting another platinum record? Really? I mean, good for them, but so what? What about our fire police? What about the young patriots that are holding the line? What about all the people that really make the country great? So I'm always proud to be a part of this. I've been to every one of them, by the way. I have not missed one. This is my fifth one. John uh, Rich is with us. John. And and I don't know the answer to this because you have so many fans.
4: And The Apprentice, too, gave you more fans. But do you notice when people come up to you what they say and you immediately know why they know you? For example, I was last night uh, on Broadway and people from Minnesota, people uh, from Michigan, people from Ohio come up to you mm-hmm. and they want to be part of this. And not putting down New York and New Jersey, there's a different feeling when you go to them – And Nashville, or you go to Minnesota, you see these people who feel as though Fox has been a voice for them. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't agree with everything we say, do you notice that when fans see you on the channel, they might approach you differently than when
7: they just buy your music? You know, I gave up the music industry, blackballed me. I then conversely blackballed them too. I don't want to deal with them either. The music industry in Nashville, it's Sony, Universal, Warner Brothers, all the same big companies that we know are running everything else that are completely woke. So stepped away from them, started making my own music. Fox has always given me a platform to be able to sing a new song, to show people what I'm doing, and, and talk about the country and what's important to me, my family, God, family, country. And so, yeah, when I run into people now at a big and rich show, wherever, they'll come up to me and say, man, right. love your music and thank you for what you say and what you stand for. So look at, I mean, I look at this, for example, in FGL.
4: I mean, Brian Kelly is putting out really good music, and Tyler Hubbard is putting out really good music. But we're only hearing Tyler Hubbard. That's correct. We're not hearing Brian Kelly. No. And I'm, I'm listening, and I, started, I thought to myself, you know, sometimes there's more talented Simon and Garfunkel. Obviously, Paul Simon, much more talented. Got it. Understood. That's okay. I'm listening to Brian Kelly stuff. It sounds like FGL. It sounds him a little bit more like him. Yeah. I'm just a consumer. I'm not an expert. There's no way he shouldn't be played of on course. all the top – What's going on here? He well, tends to be – I'm just going to put words in his mouth. By the, by the conversations I've had, he tends to be more conservative than they tell me Tyler is. Right. Does that have
7: anything to do with it? A hundred percent it does. So the, all the record labels are owned by these big companies, and all the country radio stations are owned by only about three different companies. You know this. You're a radio guy. The conglomerates own everything. So when they have their little meeting in the back room and decide somebody's done – they're done. Now, then it's on to the artist to figure out another way to get to the people and get their music out there and, and have it be heard. That's what I've done. You guys have been a, a great asset to me, a great friendship uh, with me to do that. Listen, my last four songs all set at the top of of the iTunes download chart for multiple weeks. I mean, higher than Beyonce. <laughs> they debuted and on than our channel. People. I'm just saying, man. I mean,. The people are out there, if I write music that really turns them on, it gives them something they love and, and I'm allowed to expose it, for instance on Fox, people then know the music is there and it doesn't matter if country radio is playing it or not. I also think it's kinda of interesting too is because I don't think they talk.
4: And I think it's over politics. It's not over you know, it used to be over girls or the right.
7: work ethic
4: or I drink too much, I do make yeah. too age and now I think it's over politics. And they you know, FGL was one of the hottest band well, hottest duos ever, you know, in modern yeah. country music. And now they've gone their separate uh, their separate ways, and there's fundamentally the only thing difference is who, you, who they voted for.
7: Well, this I, is crazy. Me and Big Kenny don't agree on a lot of things, big and rich. So you never bring it up. We do agree on a lot of things, but then we totally disagree on a lot of things. No, we, we'll bring it up and talk about it every now and then and go into a subject or whatever, but then we high-five, go on the stage, rock and roll, and go home you know because our friendship overrides uh, the disagreements you know Americans used to be able to disagree without hating each other we're not at that point anymore right you know even back in the greatest generation world war 2 they disagreed on everything they did all the way back to the founding of the country they were having pistol fights out in the yard over over the constitution and things like that We've always disagreed, but it's only been recently that we haven't been able to get over the disagreement enough to still have each other's back if it came down to that. So interesting that two
4: days ago, Mark Wayne Mullen, Senator Mullen of Oklahoma, uh, was going to go
7: out with the Teamster chief. You have. Uh, they should th- set that up, man. That should be for charity and turn them loose in the octagon. Because
4: he was tweeting at him, challenging yeah. him. He said, now that we're here, let's do this. He goes, let's do this. Right. At the same time, you have. Uh, the other uh, threats from Comer and Congressman Moskowitz, saying that making up things about Comer getting a, setting up offshore accounts that didn't happen, you know, accusing him of giving his brother a loan for uh, for a farm. He said, "Why is that?" And he did. Just making things up instead of examining the Hunter Biden situation. It's just a screaming match, right. and then it becomes personal. One person called the other one a Smurf and whatever. <laughs> I mean, this right. happened in one day, yeah. And then there was a another incident. Then we, uh, two weeks ago, within the party, you have one of the problem solvers uh, from Caucus call out a congressman, uh, a congressman from New York. Because they did not agree on Israel, on condemning Israel, it's like what, what about these guys? How could you not condemn Hamas for their attacks on Israel? Democrats fighting Democrats, but it's gotten physical mm-hmm. instead of verbal.
7: And I, yeah, we used to do that though. Well, like, that's indicative of the temperature of the country right now. It's the same way out in the public. That's why it's unnerving. I think we're all watching what's going on in our towns, even here in Nashville. You know, I, I was driving to go pick my boys up from school, and I drove past 300 people right there in Nashville waving the Palestinian flag, screaming all kinds of stuff. Uh, a couple of them had the Hamas stuff up, and I went, "Wow, man!" Right in the middle of Nashville, and everybody's watching that in their in their towns, and it it, it is highly unnerving right now. Yeah, uh, it Don't is. Don't you crazy. agree? I mean, I can't imagine more being than New a great York city. More than
4: a great New York City's even crazier. It's even crazier. I yeah. felt great with the 300,000 in, in in Washington D.C. Tuesday. That was unbelievable. Well, guess what? No violence, no damage, nothing. In, out, that's all. But now it's back, and these people need to be exposed. Imagine if people were actually demonstrating for Al-Qaeda after 9-11. Or even you heard whispers of it. People assume, no, I have nothing to do with it. Okay, that's fine. Well, let's hear it. Now we have people with Hamas signs who say we will
7: never stop cutting up Jews. Yeah. Do you remember the stories back, what you're talking about, about Al-Qaeda? Remember a, a few of the girls in America that had been basically pen pals with some Al-Qaeda guys and, and agreed to marry them and go overseas and yeah. marry them? And, and, we, and we found them, and they all got arrested. They all got arrested. Good for, memory. They arrested all yeah. of them. Through, they're probably still in jail for aiding and abetting terrorists. Wow. Okay, so what's changed from then till now? Nothing. Uh, a couple more minutes with John Rich when we come back. Listen to the Brian Kilmeade
4: Show in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. The side of the Patriot Awards tonight. Don't move.
3: You're with Brian Kilmeade. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
10: I want my Republican colleagues
3: to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. One. Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done besides, well, I guess it's not as bad as the Democrats.
4: Well, that was uh, Chip Roy upset with the continuing resolution that was signed over two phases by the brand new speaker. Uh, they got rid of the old speaker and then made uh, totally embarrass themselves for 22 straight days. John Rich I I know how passionate you are about politics but you have like nine other jobs. You can't
7: you can't sit <laughs> right. there
4: on, like me and follow everything. Yeah. Were you just stunned by that series of events and then hear the Republicans have one small fraction of
7: power how they seem to be turning on each other so often? Uh I would say it was stunning to watch it because we've never seen it before. Uh, On the other side of that coin, listen, and you and I may disagree on this, which is fine, but a lot of us were really sick and tired of watching uh, people get elected and go sit in these seats and never do anything that they say they're going to do. I mean, McCarthy said you're going to see all the J6 tapes. He told us that straight up, and I went, I was shocked that he said that. I went, well, right on. If he's going to do that, okay, let's go, Kevin, let's go. And he didn't. And there was other things he he said he was going to do, but he didn't do it. We still don't have them. And I don't know that this the new speaker will either. I don't know what Rogers is going to do either, but, but listen, the American people are sick and tired of being told by politicians, "We're going to do this if you'll just elect us," and then they get elected, and then they don't do it. But a couple of things
4: I would I wouldn't make an analogy. you got hey, John, give me five songs uh, by the end. You, if you had to deal with a big band and they were disagreeing on different things, it's not the John Richmond, it's a, a mm-hmm. big band, and you had to get this together, and they just they're working or they're not showing up and it's not done, you have to come up to me and say, Brian Kilmeade, I know I promised you five songs, but my well, guys
7: aren't ready. They're going to need an extension I, I, as I, opposed to we're not delivering. I guess. I mean, that's. An, I would consider that a strange analogy for me. Because Because Republicans Listen, were not delivering Brian, from their committees. Brian, there are men rotting in jail cells in Washington, D.C. with no habeas corpus. Forget excessive bail, no bail. We've seen the footage we have seen that's come oh, out exoner- exonerated to the three budget to yeah, find the budget, whatever. What, what, yes, of course, that's important. But the thing I focused on was when he said we're going to turn loose of all this footage to let's see if these guys are really guilty of what they're being incarcerated for or not. I mean, when you see Americans jailed and rotting in jail cells with no no bail, no habeas corpus, no speedy trial, none of the things that were guaranteed mm-hmm. in the Constitution. What does that sound like to you? Sounds like the USSA. It does not sound like America that that's even happening. Right. And so when Kevin McCarthy said, I get in there, I'm releasing all the footage, the chips will fall where they're going to fall, and he never did it. That wonder, infuriated wonder, a lot I of I wonder us.
4: how much is left, though.
3: From high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City, always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade.
4: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you're here. Normally I say I'm from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan. It's so automatic, and I am. But today we've taken the show on the road for a great reason, the Patriot Awards. The guy with the deep voice just confirmed it. Uh, We're behind the theater, uh, and I'm talking about the Grand Old Opry House. And this has been around for 95 years. You look around these halls, it's like a museum. It's as if you're a football fan. The analogy would be walking through Canton, baseball through Cooperstown, and then to see Trace Atkins as well as, um, as, as these other country music stars walking through. And they're in awe of what they're seeing right now. So it's going to be a great day. It's an all-American day. I'm walking around town in Broadway, and you see firefighters, you see police officers, military veterans, and they come up, and they, I'm thinking they're on vacation. and Instead, they say, we're here for the Patriot Awards. And that, to me, is the ultimate sacrifice. You know, a lot of people get excited if somebody famous knows you. I, that may be when I first got the job, but that has left a long time ago. When I find out that firefighters say, hey, we watch you in the firehouse, or you guys watched our back and, uh, with the police, we really appreciate you You're one of the few people that support us, that, to me, is the ultimate compliment. And, by the way, sadly, it's 100% true. Let's get to the big three.
3: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
5: Number three. This is a place where I do a little bedwetting. Um, when I'm sitting up at night, this is the thing I worry about. If Joe Manchin decides he wants to run on a third-party ticket, that could elect Donald Trump. And we need to be very clear about some of these third-party candidacies.
4: There's a lot going. Cornel West, elect Donald Trump. Jill Stein, elect Donald Trump. RFK Jr., elect Donald Trump. Joe Manchin, Governor Huntsman, Governor Hogan, they could elect Donald Trump or not. Or they could get elected themselves if Donald Trump's so bad. If Donald Trump is so bad and so unelectable, why does he keep winning? We just got new polls in. Third major poll. This one, Fox. Trump has beaten Biden everywhere.
5: Number two.
6: There is a an AK-47 There are cartridges, ammo, Uh, there are uh, grenades in here, of course, uniforms, and all of this was hidden very conveniently, secretly, behind the MRI machine.
4: Amazing. Uh, That is an IDF spokesperson talking about what's happening in this hospital where they found nothing but weapons, maps, plans to attack. What hospital has that stuff? Does that give you enough proof? you protesters around this country and in the U.K. and around the other Western cultures, that this is not about, uh, about Israel callously blowing up a hospital. It's about them eradicating Hamas. Who hides there?
1: Number one.
8: As you know, I just concluded several hours of the meetings of President Xi, and I believe they were some of the most constructive and productive discussions we've had. We've made some important progress, I believe.
4: Yeah, I believe. Let's say Superpower thaw, perhaps. China comes to the city by the bay and shows a willingness to talk. A stubbornness on Taiwan, all while never taking the blame for the spy balloon or the global pandemic that killed millions. We're not bringing it up. I understand big picture. You know, you got to say to yourself, do I really want to fight here? Is this the place I want to fight? Or should I wait? See if I get some, uh, some deliverables and get myself reelected. I think China wants him reelected. Why wouldn't they? So, if I was to look at what's happening so far, this is what they tell us happened: they've agreed to curb fentanyl production and to start military military military-to-military communications. Both American and Chinese accounts. Their first encounter was uh, a year. uh, First encounter in six years. They both say there was little progress on other issues. Uh, They both essentially will say we're two superpowers who agree not to, to disagree. Uh, let's bring in Mark Thiessen, Mark Thiessen, a former speechwriter, Washington Post columnist, Fox News contributor. Early on, the, f- the, the meeting's over. Mark, how did President Biden do?
10: Um, well, first of all, the whole thing was a PR disaster for the United States. I mean, why on earth would you host the APEC summit and, a, and a particularly a, a, a bilateral summit with, Ch- with the Chinese president in San Francisco, which is a city that is so riddled with crime and drugs that it can that, uh, that literally people have to have to walk in the middle of the street in order to avoid the the, the 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 homeless people shooting up and all the needles and then ape the Chinese Communist Party by turning it into a Potemkin village. Uh, For for the occasion and cleaning it all up. And the Chinese are laughing at us because they're providing all the precursors for the fentanyl that's killing all the people that everybody's shooting up on the streets of San Francisco. They're using this in their media as a propaganda uh, push to say, look, this is what democracy gives you. This is this is why democracy is inferior. We don't have homeless people shooting up on the streets of Beijing. We don't have homeless people shooting up on the streets of Shanghai. Uh, this is this is this is the the decadent West, the incompetent West, and our system is superior. And all the while, they're producing, they're they're feeding us the fentanyl <laughs> for this propaganda victory. It's just absolutely the most stunning. I mean, you know, this administration is so incompetent that you know it's hard to top itself. But I think this tops a lot of it.
4: Uh, Number one, there's no way to possibly follow up and verify that they're going to stop doing it, Uh, let alone there's some talk that they're going to, just rudimentary saying this, that we're going to agree to not put AI in our nuclear weapons. And people in the tech center say that's an epic disaster. Because that's one advantage we have, absolutely necessary, and you can make an argument makes everything safer. And why would they care so much about that? Is this their version of Star Wars? we got to stop them from going to the sky because we're running out of money? I'm not sure, but I hope we don't give in. What is your greatest fear, Mark, about this?
10: Well, first of all, doing that, has Russia agreed not to put AI on its nuclear weapons? I mean, you know, the, 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 know. why would we be, why would this be, is now we a be concluding unilaterally conceding something that Russia won't agree to, even if even if it was a good idea. (laughs) You know, why would you do that? But of course, we have we we're the we're the world leader in A.I. I I certainly would want to have A.I. uh, You know, I don't I wouldn't want to put A.I. in charge of the button. You know, I don't want to live out, relive war games, you know, uh, the the Matthew Broderick, uh, you know, thing. I'd rather have the A.I. playing tic-tac-toe. But but I certainly would like to use A.I. to target. And to, to have accuracy, and this is, a, this, is, you know, this is what the left always does. Anytime America has a strategic advantage in anything, they want to give it up for the sake of peace. It's like you know during, during the, as soon as we, we, we developed nuclear weapons and achieved strategic weapons parity with the Soviet Union during the Cold War, the, the nuclear freeze movement started. As soon as we became a, a, uh, an energy superpower and, and, and became energy independent, they want to give up fossil fuels. And now, you know, now we're becoming a world leader in AI, and they want to give that up too. It's like no matter what, America—they hate the West. They—they they, they want to teach all of our kids that the West is evil. But the West produces the best technology in the world. We have the best at that, and so they want to—they want to teach us that, that teach our kids that that, that that the West is evil and give up any advantages that we have from free free enterprise and free markets.
4: Uh, This is a little from Joe Biden yesterday in the translated speech. In fact, rather than that, let's use the translation of the president of China. Here is uh, here's what he said about our relationship. Cut nine.
2: The China U.S. relationship, which is the most important bilateral relationship in the world, should be perceived and envisioned the Taiwan in Taiwan? a broad context of the of the accelerating global transformations unseen in a century it should develop in a way that benefits our two peoples and fulfills our responsibility for human progress
10: feel better oh much better yes i feel i feel good <laughs> no no we don't have to worry about any of this it's all good no problems. I mean, look. Here's the world we're living in right now, Brian. The, the America is projecting weakness in the world. What has that weakness given us? It's 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 given us a, a Russian invasion of Ukraine, and Iran Iran has started a war in the Middle East, and that's who it is. You know, Hamas is just a proxy, and China is rattling its saber and threatening to start a war in the Pacific. I mean, this is deadly serious stuff. We are in a we are in you know we're on the brink of World War Three. And if you think that we're going to have wars on three continents and America can just sit behind its fortress America and not, not get involved, we're going to get dragged into this. You know, you, you look at what's happening in the Middle East right now, and the Iranians are shooting over 50 times at U.S. At US uh, ships, at U.S. bases. Uh, you know, they've, they've, they've given concussions and tra- traumatic brain injury to a bunch of troops, but nobody's died yet. At some point, an American's going to get killed. And then what happens? Then we, then we have to respond. I mean, the the best way to get to if you don't want to go to war, the best way to do it is to deter war, and the best way to deter war is to help your 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 allies defeat your enemies and send a message of strength. And she is looking at the world, and he sees a weak America uh, that is that mm-hmm. is afraid of its own shadow, that doesn't want it, that is afraid of escal- terrified of escalation. Um, and he th- he calculates, yeah, they, you know, they're 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 you know, they're 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 not going to defend right. Taiwan.
4: I want you to hear how Nikki Haley would handle it. This is what she said yesterday, cut 12.
9: I would ask him why he's putting a military base off our shores in Cuba. I would ask him why he continues to murder Americans by sending over fentanyl. I'd ask him why he's stealing our intellectual property and not owning up to it. I would ask him why he's buying so much U.S. soil and, um, and it's next to military installations. What they're going to come out is an agreement on the environment.
4: So, do you like that approach? And they are agreeing to stop to, to uh, begin looking for renewables. So, yeah. they are agreeing yeah, to that. Your thoughts on how, what you would say?
10: Well, first of all, I I, I I would I would feel I'd sleep better at night if Nikki Haley was sitting across from Xi Jinping rather than Joe Biden, um, and I think all of America should. I mean, this, you know, she she understands that we have to project strength in the world, um, and so you know, I, I, and I'd feel I'd probably sleep better at night if I thought that Nikki Haley was going to be opposing Joe Biden in the next election, <laughs> because I think we'd have a better chance of winning right. and having that scenario come out. Um, but you know, it, it, this is this the Chinese. Are, you know why? Why on earth? You know you've got John Kerry sitting across the table in that meeting. John Kerry doesn't care about the Uyghurs, doesn't care about Taiwan, doesn't care about anything. He just cares about climate, and he would give up all of that in order to get uh, to get to get China. To, uh, to 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 uh, to reduce its emissions, and so they look at this stuff and they say we can play these guys. We'll just give it. We'll we'll make some concessions down the line on climate, and they'll stop bothering us about stealing their their intellectual property. They'll stop bothering us about the Uyghurs. They'll stop bothering us about Hong Kong. They 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 won't they won't stop us in Taiwan because we, because we'll just give them something on the climate because the climate is what they really care about.
4: I only got a minute, uh, but real quick on the Fox News poll, twenty uh, percent. Uh, of Americans blame Israel for the conflict with Hamas, which is encouraging. 69% blame Hamas. No kidding. In the Middle East conflict, you side more with Israel or the Palestinians. 66 with Israel. Fox News poll: When it comes to Israel, and the United States should 30% say too, too supportive, 21% say not supportive enough, 45% say about right. So we're okay on that. When it comes to the president's personal reelection hopes. He is 63% disapproval with men, 57% disapproved with college degrees, 41% disapprove of him of black voters, 60% of Hispanic voters disapprove. He's got 39% overall approval rating. Head to head with Trump, he loses by uh, he loses by five. Uh, with DeSantis, he loses no. With Trump by four, with Ch- uh, DeSantis by five. Nikki Haley beats him Biden by 11. If you were yep. Joe Biden uh, in Joe Biden's camp right now, would you be worried?
10: Um, I would be deeply worried. Um, but I, but I would. Uh, but first of all, I want to see the Fox News poll on Brian kilmey wearing cowboy hats. That, that's 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 the poll I want to see. Uh, but do you
4: that- have that, Allison? Do you have that in? Oh, we're still working on it. <laughs>
10: <laughs> well, let's get that because we I, do not I, I have. have yes. Yeah, we got to so get yes. the sun. I, I, I think, I particularly, I loved how uncomfortable you looked with it on. That was that made my morning. Um, because but, I know look, I don't deserve
4: it. I mean, I don't have cattle. I, I don't. I don't really ride a horse.
10: You're an urban. And I feel cow. like a, oh. I don't
4: want to feel like a fraud. But go ahead. Thank First you. of
10: all, you're you're you're, you're dealing you with wanna... more danger in the New York subway than you would be in uh, on the prairies of Texas. Thank anyway. you. Um, but but look here uh, on on the polls. If you look at that uh, that New York Times siena poll. Right, it shows Trump winning in most, uh, narrowly winning in most of the of uh, most of the swing states. But if you took, if you took, um, uh, if Biden, uh, if you basically, if you remove either one of those candidates, the other side wins overwhelmingly. So if, if you if the Republicans, uh, if the if the Democrats take Biden off of the off of the ballot, the, the, but they crush Trump. In all of those swing states. And by contrast, if Nikki Haley is the candidate for the Republicans going up against Biden, she crushes Biden in, in, in those states. The American people have said pretty strongly, we don't want either of these guys to be the nominees. We do not want a rematch. And so I, I just look at the numbers showing Nikki Haley crushing Biden by 11 points. Why would we not want to go into the election, which is if we don't if Republicans don't win this I've election, never seen anything like I it. mean, we're never coming back. The, the damage just, just, could, just so you feel better. No, no, I know. And
4: he's not, guys, everyone listening, he's not overstating it. So, head to head in the Fox News poll Kamala Harris or Trump? Trump by five. Gavin Newsom or Trump? Trump by four. Whitmer or Trump? It is uh, Trump by two. Manchin and Trump? It's only Trump by one. So, that's as of November 10th, the Fox News poll.
10: Yeah. So I think quite frankly, I think Joe Manchin's gonna run as a third party ticket and that's going to and and that's gonna I think there's gonna be a no if they if these two are the candidates, uh, there's who there's gonna gets be no hurt? labels. Who bit. gets hurt? I th- Who gets so hurt
4: it, if Manchin runs?
10: I think I think this is a unique moment when both when both sides could get hurt by that. Um I, yeah. I, I think that normally third parties don't have any chance, but there's if you're if you don't if you're one of the seventy or eighty percent of Americans who don't want a Trump Biden rematch, if you're a Democrat, you're never gonna vote for Trump. If you're a Republican, you're never going to vote for Joe Biden. You have no safe harbor, and so you're stuck with this, with the, with this choice you don't want to make, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden somebody comes and shows you a safe harbor. Um, I just think – I, I think it just from an analytical perspective, whether you agree with it or not, I think that a centrist bipartisan ticket, if they're serious candidates like two United States senators, two right. governors or something like that, it, it, it could you – know, you could get lightning in a bottle.
4: Gotcha. Hey, Mark Thiessen, always great. Thanks so much for judging me uh, this morning on my looks. <laughs> I think we need more of now that. You just got to get the boots. And what I'm wearing. Pick up the boots, too. Right. then, Right. To be totally unacceptable and inauthentic. <laughs> uh, but I love being in Nashville. I like watching. I don't need to dress up like uh, I live here. Unless when I decide in to Rome, live, which when, in,
10: when in Rome, do like the Romans do, my friend. Yes. Back in a moment
3: both sides all opinions it's brian
9: kilmeade
3: breaking news unique opinions hear it all on the brian kilmeade show
4: Hey, thanks so much, everyone, to put uh, Teddy and Booker T opens up uh, number nine in the country on the New York Times list. That's awesome. Thank you so much to American Icons Place a Path to Racial Equality. The special's on Fox Nation. Hope you check it out. Went to the places, shot it over a year. It, it's really good. I think we need to hear positive American stories, especially as it, it relates to race uh, in America at a very difficult time. But I do hope to see you guys in person, and I'm going to be in Brentwood, Tennessee, tomorrow at 3. I'm going to be in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the 18th. The next day on, in, uh, in Alabama, well, Chattanooga, Tennessee, on the 18th. Then I'm going to Madison, Alabama, uh, later on the afternoon at 6. Then uh, the next day, Montgomery, Alabama, and then you'll see me in Bayshore. What I also try to do is hop on stage and tell everyone what's going on with all my books. Now that we have uh, Teddy and Booker T out, who was preceded by the President Freedom Fighter, and there, I'll be on the 15th of December in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Go check it out at briankilmeade.com. Carnegie of Homestead Music Hall on the 16th, the next night in Holland, Michigan, at 8 o'clock. So I hope to see everybody there. My last stop this year will be in Wichita, Kansas. You're to the Brian Kilmeade Show.
3: Fast as three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
2: Last time we met in Bali, you said it was a year and a day ago. A lot has happened since then. The world has emerged from the COVID pandemic, but is still under its tremendous impacts. The global economy is recovering, but its momentum remains sluggish. Industrial and supply chains are still under the threat of interruption, and protectionism is rising. All these are grave problems.
4: For you. And can you believe that the president who who gave the world a pandemic that changed the world and killed millions of people and brought economies to its knees, even theirs, has the audacity to bring it up in a statement with the president of the United States who does not or chooses not or does not have the guts to actually say, wait a second, you gave us that pandemic. It came from the lab. It came from a bat. It came from a bat. It came from a bat in a lab. Whatever. You gave it to us. You thrust it on the world, and you act as if you were just victims of it. And you mocked us because you did not like our response. And next thing you know, your response was horrendous. The crackdowns were unbelievably oppressive and uh, otherworldly. And your economy has not come back. But they still, to bring it up is absolutely insane. For Mike Gallagher, who has spent the, the bulk of his life, by the way, the, the bulk of his uh, life in the majority as uh, chairman of the Select Committee on China, Said this about any deals that we make over the next two days in San Francisco, Cut 13.
1: For two years now, the administration has completely taken its foot off the gas. They have not sanctioned any Chinese officials. They attempted to downplay, if not cover up, the spy balloon incident. There has been no meaningful investigation into the origins of COVID. Also, that we could spend, send cabinet secretaries to China to beg the CCP to have this meeting. That is the price we've already paid. That is the win that Xi Jinping has already pocketed. And now I worry that coming out of this meeting, there will be some commitment to working together on fentanyl. But like every other commitment that the the CCP has made in modern history, the Chinese Communist Party will violate that commitment. Time and again, we fall victim to this trap whereby we pay cash up front and the CCP's check is always in the mail. That is uh, Mike Gallagher,
4: just outraged by there's no precursors to this meeting and what comes out of it since. Gianna Caldwell joins us now, Fox News contributor, author. Uh, Gianna, welcome back.
13: Thank you for having me. So to be here in Nashville with you.
4: I know. I mean, does it bother you at all that they they showed uh, showed the world, did Gavin Newsom, that you can clean up a major city if you choose, (laughs) if the right reason, if the right company is coming? And they did it. They cleaned it up. They bust the homeless out. And they fixed it. There's no illegal immigrants around.
13: Yeah, wouldn't that be nice to see that if I I still lived there during that time? I left uh, California in May 2020 for Florida, uh, for some of the reasons in which you just mentioned. The homeless population there is almost 160 thousand, if not more. Wow. So you got that's the mostly mental yell, right? I mean, there's a lot of that, and I got to tell you, uh, during COVID, I went down to Skid Row with a camera crew and a six foot mic. And I had conversations with them about you know, what they were doing there, what did they know about COVID. And some of those folks are clearly mentally ill. Some are choosing to be on the streets because they don't want to follow the rules of a shelter. And then other people have economic factors to blame on their, their reasoning for being there. But the fact that uh, you got people like Gavin Newsom, who can't clean up the this, this state of Florida – I mean, not Florida, but California – in, in Los Angeles and, and all these other places within the state of California, the fact that he won't do it tells you all that you need to know about where those tax dollars are going.
4: How about the fact that in getting, in praising Gavin Newsom, the president of the United States, says he could do my job. He's he basically saying you could take my job right now, and he does such a great job as governor. Number one, he isn't you know, doing a great job. <laughs> right. Number two is you're telling somebody who everyone's telling you is going to run for president – To basically you can do the job? It's crazy. Do you think Trump would ever say, this Ron DeSantis, he could be president?
11: No.
13: No, he would never say it. No, no. And I'm sure uh, Gavin Newsom is saying, you're right. That's why I'm making all these steps, meeting with the president of China and doing all these trips. Like, he's going to debate Ron DeSantis with Sean Hannity. I know. Like, that sounds like a presidential debate, doesn't it? It's it's going to be great. I mean, it's going to be great, but it, I'm wondering, what is he? What is he waiting on? Why don't you just announce you, you're running for president? Why don't you just make this a real competition? Why don't you put yourself out there? You know, are what? you waiting for something to happen to Joe Biden? health wise
4: evidently that party likes to pick their people. Remember, Hillary Clinton was getting a threat. They basically rigged the game. We know about all the With questions given. And then Bernie Sanders emerges the last election. They go, no, it's going to be Joe Biden. Right. Remember, and SNL was mocking Joe Biden. We're using uh, Jason Sudeikis. Couldn't find himself, got confused. Then all of a sudden he becomes a nominee. And even the comedian shows start pretending as if he's competent.
13: Exactly. So you see how much the media, even the comics, are in the bag with the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, especially if it seemed as though there was going to be a lot of folks uh, talking trash about Joe Biden... Then they would get punished in some way, shape, or form. Well, Tulsi Gabbard got
4: punished when she went to Hillary Clinton. She absolutely
13: did. And thank God she's now working for us now because she was a truth teller that the Democrats could not handle. And that's the problem with the politics of the day. So many people willing to lie for Joe Biden, pretend that the economy is great and Bidenomics is working. When you got working families who can barely survive. They can barely pay for medicine and groceries because the prices have gone up, let alone gas and some of these other necessities that people need, families need that are raising kids. It's, it's, it's a chaos problem for the Democratic Party, and the migrant situation is making it worse, especially for black voters in places like Chicago New York and other places that are dem- Democratic strongholds. People are really fed up with what's going on.
4: Right. And you know what's interesting? This guy, Dean Phillips, who's a self-made multimillionaire, says, I'm going to run. And he wanted to call Biden. Biden would not call him back. And people are saying the thing that when they talk to him that's scaring them, he thinks he can win. And he wants to win. As opposed to Dennis Kucinich or those guys who are just looked at his fringe candidates. He says, allies have been treating presidential nomination Dean Phillips – like in nobody or worse. But here's the thing. He doesn't need their money. He will go out and campaign, and he will be in New Hampshire. And yesterday, New Hampshire said, we're going to be first, not South That's Carolina. Right. I don't care what you want. Yeah. We're going first. So Dean Phillips will be the only nominee. He'll walk out. He's going to get all those electoral votes.
13: Yeah, he's he's going to get a win. And, and we don't know what Joe Manchin is doing yet, and there's a lot of other folks, contenders, who would definitely take some of that Joe Biden base away if he has any left. We're talking about working class folks. Now, some interesting polling came out in May uh, during uh, from us, from Fox News Channel, about Joe Biden, traits of Joe Biden, cares about people like me. Only 45% yes, is honest and trustworthy. Only 40% said yes, has judgment to serve. 38% said yes, has mental soundness to serve. 37% is a strong leader. 33 is corrupt. 44%. These numbers have gotten worse. That was in May. And now we have legitimately a war in the Middle East. The Ukraine issue is still an issue. you got fentanyl coming across the border, impacting families left and right. For the Mm -hmm. first time in American history, we got 100,000 people who have overdosed and Mm -hmm. died from the use of a drug. People are in chaos with what's going on in this country. And the fact that folks are still trying to pile on, Democratic Party are still trying to ensure that Joe Biden wins – it's death to the Democratic right. Party especially when you think about the black voters who and are running away from him.
4: That's so interesting because he's got only, he's got 45% negatives on black voters when he got 77 or 87% of the black vote last time around. It was
13: 92%, 92%. in 22.
4: So right now in 20 I should it say. looks like Trump's up to 22%.
13: 22% in six battleground states and the polling said if the election was held today black voters would only 66% of right. black voters uh would only vote for Joe Biden which is the end of his candidacy, right? Like, right. if you don't have black voters, you can't win. It was the same for the primary. Do you think Trump realizes that? Because he doesn't I'm seem a, to a,
4: have a strategy for urban America.
13: So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I can't tell you what is going on in this campaign today from that perspective. But in 2020, he had the platinum plan. In 2016, he was running to uh, Donald Trump's credit, and I'm gonna tell you, I know what they've said about Donald Trump. And I know he doesn't always say the right thing, but there's not been a president that has been more supportive of black America, Democrat or Republican than Donald Trump, period. And that's me saying I'm from the south side of Chicago. I'm just telling you what the numbers, what the numbers are and what I've seen him do. Now, they will go after every black vote that they can find. They're going to make him the the Grand Wizard and they're going to make him Hitler. You know that they're going to say that about. But the thing is, like, and this is what really upsets me, Brian. I've heard Joe Biden, because I've heard friends back uh when um uh Trump was running in twenty twenty. Friends call me, are you gonna say what say anything about what Trump just said? What about the black community? Are you gonna speak up? Are you gonna do this, that, and the other? Joe Biden says ridiculous things and I would even argue racist things yeah, regularly. And I call these same people and I say, Well, are you gonna say anything about what Joe Biden is saying? Nope. Uh, so uh, what I what I come to learn is 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 all BS politics. And the Democratic Party will use every race angle they can, especially as we get closer to the election. They see what these numbers are. They're mm-hmm. going to gonna run the Charlottesville tape and everything else they can. And, you know, that's generally what they do. It doesn't matter if it was uh, Donald Trump right. or Brian me running for president. This is what yeah. they do. If you have Just a Republican party, that's it. That's
4: it. I want you to do what Jim Messina said, Democratic Strategist, Cut 41.
13: This is a place
5: where I do a little bedwetting. Um, When I'm sitting up at night, this is the thing I worry about. If Joe Manchin decides he wants to run on a third-party ticket, that could elect Donald Trump. And we need to be very clear about some of these third-party candidacies. I think RFK Jr. is different. I think he's speaking at CPAC. He's talking about MAGA stuff. I think in the end, he takes votes away from Trump, not Biden. Um, but I think a third party with a Democrat on it could be difficult, and that's why I've been so critical of these stupid efforts. You know, when people want to play around with American politics, we could actually <laughs> get rid of democracy in the middle of this. So I think we need to be very, so- very careful about
4: so wait, wait a second. So, so what he's saying is, if Joe Manchin runs, it hurts democracy. It's a reckless, really, <laughs> because he wants to run. And this, this no labels has got on fifty states. It looks like they got a lot of credible people involved yeah. with it, so-called moderates. Yeah. You might not like it, but to think it's going to endanger democracy, what are you talking? Meanwhile, about?
13: if you think Kennedy is going to take votes away from Trump, is a okay? Yeah, <laughs> right. Know, That's right. okay. I mean, You're talking right. out of both sides of yeah. his mouth. And I got to tell you, Brian despite joe manchin possibly running which i do think would hurt joe biden and he has every reason to run against joe biden because joe biden heard him after lying to him saying that he was going to support him mm. uh in the energy uh, sector and he, he absolutely did not beyond that joe biden's in trouble just him running against donald trump he's on a sinking ship and democrats recognize that they're right. whispering in dc they're telling us Right. Like, yeah, we think this thing is on the. Well, ship yeah, and going they're and they're shouting it. And yeah. yeah shouting well, now because they want to try to replace him, but you know, Joe Biden is under investigation right now by the House Committee. We got this impeachment inquiry going on. Um, there's stuff in the DOJ that we didn't know about, and more c- continues to come out, uh, bit after bit. And the only way that he can actually be prosecuted, if he were to be prosecuted for any of this, would be out of office, right? According to that DOJ memo. So he's not going anywhere. He's going to try to run these these additional four years. If he's in a wheelchair, he's going to still do it. And that's right. just what it is. He's hungry for power, and he wants to shield and protect his family. And right. being in the White House is the only way he can do that.
4: And, you know, the, the polls are pretty terrible uh, for him. Again, this is the third one. Fox is just a, the third one to go in. Uh, record high disapproval, uh, 63% disapprove, men disapprove. 60% of Hispanics disapprove, 57% with college degrees. 41% of black voters disapprove. Uh, we also know that... Uh, when the question was posed, choice for president if voting right now, Donald Trump beats Joe Biden by 4 50, 46 DeSantis beats him fifty forty five. No. So Nikki Haley beats him by 11. Now, do you think, Gianno Caldwell, that the primary race is over? That even though we had a primary, even a
13: caucus, do you think it's Trump's? you believe these polls? I believe these polls. I've spoken with many voters and I'll tell you, absent something health-wise going on with Donald Trump, he's going to win these primaries. I mean, right. it's just a, he's, he will be the nominee. Now, I would encourage people like Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley to stay in a race because you just never know what could happen. Because of the and, court cases. Well, it's it's the court cases and there's a lot of other things. Like, it's just so many different ingredients in the pot. We don't know what's what's the end result going to be. The ramifications of not just the court cases, what's going on in our country, the wars, will America get pulled into the war? Like, it's just so much. It's almost like being under a pressure cooker. And the result is gonna just burst into a thousand pieces. We don't know which piece is gonna be the right piece, but we're gonna continue to follow this as closely as Giano, possible. Giano,
4: how do people follow you? How do people on social media, where Thank do we you. find it?
13: Giano Caldwell, at Giano Caldwell, Gianno Caldwell, G I A N N O Caldwell, C A L D W E. What do you expect at the Patriot Awards tonight? Well, I'm excited about it. I, maybe I'll pick up a date, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you and Lawrence are like the two single guys? Yeah, or? we're the only two single guys. I wish I would have got married earlier. I could have did what you did and had kids already, but right. now I'm 36. How, are and you nine. 36? I'm 36. You look and 26. Well, so that helps. Makes, you. There's no stress in your you. You got to mention the muscles too, Brian. Right. <laughs> I did not notice that. I, I have chisel, chisel, chisel. I have not had it. Let me just let me feel it. There you there.
4: go. Pretty ripped. Well, well, Pretty ripped. Pretty strong. So, ladies, you is, heard it here first. Now, is this the RFK testosterone replacement, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or is this just you?
13: No, this is natural. This
2: all is right. natural. I gotta, I okay. gotta get in
13: the gym here and there. All right, but good. I, but I'll tell you though, I'm excited about seeing many of our colleagues that have come out to support the real heroes, the veterans, the law enforcement who do the very dangerous jobs and honestly gets uh, tossed on all, every day for doing it. But not I'm tonight. Not tonight. We're gonna celebrate them. We're gonna lift them up, and I'm very thankful. As a last note mm. for the many fans that I've right. seen here and supporters and viewers who've prayed for me, who've spoken to me about my brother who was tragically murdered in Chicago last year, June 24th, thank you all um, who are here and those right. who are listening. I really appreciate it. Absolutely.
4: So, And we'll, we'll see from you, hear from you tonight. Absolutely. All right, great. John Colwell, thanks so much. Back in a moment, Brian Kilmeade Show in Nashville, Tennessee.
3: Learning something new every day on The Brian Kilmeade Show. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
4: Welcome back, everybody. I have a few minutes uh, to fill. I have nothing to say at all. And I'm sitting there going, what am I going to do? I could sit here and just hum again. A lot of times that doesn't result ratings. And finally, I said, I'll... Book anybody, anybody at all. (laughs) And then Allison says, I have bad news. All I see is Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) And I go, Allison, keep looking. There's got to be somebody else out there. And (laughs) she back. This is all I got. So, uh, Jimmy Fallon,
1: welcome to the show. <laughs> Good to see you. Right. You can't lower my self-esteem any more than it already is. Really? You, you know why? We were
4: saying you have to command an audi- a audience, a nationwide audience
1: I open the show tonight here at the Patriot Awards, and I'll handle like that's my natural habitat. Stand up for me is easy. Right. But, like, walking around in this environment, you really figure out where you stand on this network based on reactions. Like in people, way, Like, I walked in the lobby yesterday. People see you. They're like, oh, my God, Brian, kill me. People see me. They're like, hey, you got change of a 20. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, can true. you just... Could you stay in my car for a minute? I'm just running upstairs to get something. Well, this carjacking is an issue. It is an issue. So, well, Nash Vegas, where we are, is a little bit better than most. But yeah, it's going to be down here. And uh, thanks for letting letting me on. I'm using air quotes because we had to demand this. You're about to do your show. You realize that, right? You yes. have to do your show. Yeah, but this is the nice thing because people just said, "Well, you're about you know your show's about to go live. Are you sure you have time to do Brian's?" I'm like, dude, we don't prep my show. Right. Like I have all the time in the world. What are you talking <laughs> about? I could co-host it. I didn't have I didn't need That's any true. time. Where this are morning. You know? Uh, Where I'll, are your notes? I'll be, I'll be here, but we're ready. These are my right. notes.
4: So, listen, we're going to watch you on Fox Nation. Yep. You, you're, you're going to give how many minutes, 15 minutes? 15 minutes, and the and, world will never be the same. And is it going to be an uplifting?
1: No. No, no, no. no, We're going to have a state of the union. The right. world's on fire. I'm going to roast some marshmallows. All
4: right, so Pete Hanks is going to have to grab the
1: audience. Wish him luck. <laughs> Jimmy
4: <laughs> Baylor, thanks so much. Best <laughs> luck with your show. Thanks. Stay within
0: yourself. That's all I ask. Bye.